Welcome to Between the Panels, issue one. I'm David McVeigh. And I'm Richard Gray. The comics podcast where nobody is dead until you see the body. Joining us for the first time in the studio is our good friend David Longo from damngoodcup.com. Age of Ultron! (laughs) I I heard something different and I really want it to be true that she said, let me go wash my (laughs) shirt. Hello, this is Chris Claremont speaking to you from behind the panels. Hi, this is Mike Grell. This is Tom Taylor. This is Nicholas Scott. Hey, this is Gail Simone. G'day, this is Paul Bedford. Hi, I'm Laramie Taylor. This is Jeffrey Clare, Dominic Darrow. I have that on my iPad ready to go. This is Rick Rimet. This is Tristan Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Neil Adams. I'm Len Wein. Hi, this is G. Willow Wilson. Hello, I'm Alex Saviak here at Supernova. Hi, this is Jeff Lemire. Hi, this is Kellen Bunn. Hi, I'm Christian Reed. Hi, this is Dave McKean. Hiya, I'm Mary Amber. Sam Kazam, you're my Superman. I've sent them you. This is Phil Jimenez. This is your old friend Sam from Sam and Max. It's John D's Geek-Related Challenge. My only son, my only son. Gov Wilson, you're listening to Behind the Panels. Enjoy. My spider senses are starting to tingle. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 150, the comic book show that knows how to go out on a party. We're coming to you live from Good Games Hurstville. Can I get that noise? <laughs> Damn straight. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. Dave Longo. And Jamie Lawrence. In this 150th and final issue for Volume 1, Sydney breaks the record for the number of Spider-Men in one place. Great, now I have to check under the toilet seat for Peter Parker. Then, it's Quiz Corner, Cake and the Ultimate John D's Geek-Related Challenge or something, plus our kick-ass pick of the week. Before, during and after Watchmen, a look at the spin-offs and legacy of what is arguably the greatest comic book of all times, whether Alan Moore wants us to or not. This is Behind the Panels. Some kind of way out of here Say that joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Right. Can we not get enough of Jimmy? Oh, so, uh, God. Fuck's sake. You've been holding out on us yeah. for that one. <laughs> we, we were convinced that this show is going to turn into karaoke at some stage <laughs> halfway through. This is going to be fun. This is number 150, gents. Did we ever think we'd make it? I did, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been here before. <laughs> I, was, I, felt, I felt pretty confident after 149. I was pretty I sure because I came in at about 132. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. I, I've been here before but not actually technically numbered correctly. <laughs> <laughs> this is very exciting. We've got a live audience right here once again. We're very excited to have you all in the store. Thank you all for coming along. For those of you who are just listening to the audio show, remember now is the time to emerge from your chrysalis and greet the unyielding sun. 
and wow. you won't have anything to listen to. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, one of the traditions we've always had on the show is playing uh, vintage clips of the week. It's actually probably our longest tradition. Uh, it started even in episode one, I think. I think it was, it did, yes. Back when we were called Between the Panels for all of a week, and then we realised somebody else had that name, so we had to change it to Behind the Panels. So now it's actually Behind the Panels issue one, Between the Panels. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think Behind is better, because Between the Panels is just white space, really. That's true. Agreed, agreed. Behind the Panels, we don't know what's there. <laughs> It could be anything. Well, How different we know. the world could have been if we were between the panels. <laughs> we know. We've been talking about it for 150 episodes. Well, I thought for this one, because we've been, because we're doing Watchmen, which is actually playing in the screen behind us here at the moment. So if you get distracted, if you don't want to listen to us anymore, the movie's going on up we there. We could revoice it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked down. You were laughing at the same time. Said, no. <laughs> And, uh, What's so it like being a night owl? <laughs> <laughs> and because this is directed by Zack Snyder, who we've affectionately referred to as Snack for reasons I can't remember for a good couple of years now, here's a little public service announcement about Snacks. Holy harvest, Batman. Good to be out in the country. Batman! Robin! Hi, Mr. Brown. Robin and I were hoping we could buy a snack. This is the place to get some great ones. Be my guest! Apples, tomatoes, celery, it all looks good to me. Right, Robin. Fresh fruits and vegetables make some of the best snacks there are. What do we have, Batman? Any of them, Robin, you can't miss. That hits the spot. Better than junk food, Robin. That's right. It fits the movie pretty well, it's actually. Better than junk- <laughs> All of Watchmen was a severe warning against junk food. That's my understanding <laughs> of it now. Right, Batman. <laughs> Batman. We, we have had um, a whole lot of feedback in the last couple of weeks. and All I'm just basically saying to... the same thing, which is, <laughs> don't go! <laughs> <laughs> we can do it to song. Um, Matt, do you mind if I read yours out? Is that okay? Thank you. Matt, would you, you like to read yours out? Would you like to read yours out? There we go. I'll read one from Chris Galvin first. Chris, uh, we, oh, we should, we should put some girl from Ipanema on, David. Oh, I should. forgot to signal you to do that. Because it wouldn't be a panel's live <laughs> show if I forgot to do something. He said, Chris Galvin says, Hi guys, good way to start an email. Uh, been meaning to write this email for a while, and I think the announcements of the podcast finishing, for now, has pushed me to put some thoughts on electronic paper. And I printed it out and ruined that. Uh, sorry to see you go, but I just wanted to say thank you for making me laugh and love comics the way they do. There are three things that help me uh, maintain my love of comics. One, my girlfriend for buying me my first ticket to a con and sparked my inner nerd in me to come to life. Two, my lo- I love a numbered list. I love a numbered list. To my local That's the comic librarian book. librarian in you, it really <laughs> Absolutely. Is. To my local, co- my local Sydney comic book, my local comic book store for being an awesome and promoting stuff. And three, this is where it gets related to us, <laughs> behind the panels for recommending stuff I wouldn't have tried otherwise and opening up the world of comics to me in a big way. Whatever you do, I wish you all the best and we'll continue listening to your other podcasts. Um, that's right, we have other ones, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, it'll be a sad day when I realise that not only Dave's not here, but Richard and Dave and Mac aren't here either. Cue Incredible Hulk TV series and end theme. I think I've got that somewhere here. I can, I can, I can, we can improv. <laughs> Best of luck, a panels fan, Chris Galvin. Um, did you want to read yours out, Matt, or do you want me to read it for you? He's should, shaking his head violently. Should, that should, means no. Or do we want me to read it out as Christopher Walken or something? <laughs> Just... <laughs> Hi, guys. Just wanted to thank, thanks for the 150 shows that you have done for Volume 1. From the first shows, we have a hard to listen for a person that's not into comics. Comics. Sorry, I haven't got it. To the 150 shows <laughs> later, the same person, while not an avid comic reader, 
Has got, I'm just going to do it as Sean Connery. Yeah, do it in your own voice because yeah. this is going to be here forever. Like. <laughs> you do realize it's a show supposed to only run an hour, right? <laughs> this is our last show. You're dreaming if you think that's going to happen today. I'm sorry, Dave. Has gotten into some comics while we missed the weekly shows until he returned. It's been a wonderful ride, and I'm glad I never gave up listening early on. I'm glad you didn't either. But it's uh, as this show has sparked some great online friendship and chats over the shows that I wouldn't. I would, that I would not. I think reading in my normal voice. I think we're actually going to read Watchmen today. Yeah, that we're doing a live reading of Watchmen that I would not normally have watched comic books I wouldn't have read has gotten to me uh, my first free comic book day uh, which we did here a couple of months ago and possibly my first comic con later in the year I wish you guys luck for the ventures we are putting on the show uh, to the rest for a while looking forward to volume 2 coming out soon Matt White which is that dude there sorry to pick on you but thank you Matt thank, thank you, you Matt. that was wonderful you, you people at home can't actually see this but the reason that Richard's having so much re- trouble reading is that he's tearing up I'm tearing up <laughs> um, maybe, maybe we just... switch from the Incredible Hulk theme to something a little bit more upbeat um <laughs> What have I got here? Um, Wait, that wasn't <laughs> Have we finished with the girl? I think we've finished with the girl for now. We do have some other feedback, including you just repeating the name of someone over and over again and JD's geek-related challenge, which is coming later on in the show. Um, we, we can talk about what we've been reading because it gives me an excuse to play this. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. between the lines, bitch. Oh, boy, have you know, we I'm been. surprised you can actually push the right buttons with how bad that screen is. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who can't see my screen, which I guess is everybody who's not these three people, um, it, it's, it's, it's basically turned into some sort of abstract art at the moment because... <laughs> I think it looks I've, like a palm tree. It's, <laughs> like, yeah. it's like Psylocke is attacking me. <laughs> that, that from was, your monitor that's the original monster from the end of Watchmen like me just well up with this tears, is making you know? for fascinating for you guys isn't it that's describing what's on my screen it's here kind of purple you know? if you want to come up and have a look afterwards please do that um, so look I have read far too much uh, before Watchmen this week uh, me too and so I didn't get a chance to read a lot of others I did read the Batgirl annual which is really good it's done by a bunch of different artists and, and same writer and I've changed my tune on this book I'll take your word for yeah. it yeah <laughs> Uh, but you've read um, a little book. Uh, h- how do you pronounce that, Dave? Star Wars. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Star Wars issue seven. Uh, this is the uh, Jason Aaron and uh, uh, oh, this is the first issue it's, from Bianchi, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Simone Bianchi. Simone Bianchi yeah. I-, I missed the first six, and I-, I haven't heard anything about them, Dave. Do you want to? Do you want to? Fill me in. They're amazing, Jamie. You should be reading them. If you're not reading them, what look, is, is if it about you like Star some Wars, sort of war? <laughs> it's in space, and there's three guys cool. and some other people, and they fight, and then there's wars. Yeah. <laughs> a war with three guys? No, this one in all seriousness is really it's more cool. More of a skirmish, really. Uh, right. The so Star Skirmish wouldn't have made a good name though. <laughs> is this anything like Star Trek? It's exactly like okay, Star Trek. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What was the last issue like? Same thing, what is no, in all seriousness, this is a really good issue because uh, they did a six-issue arc and now yep. this is a break issue. So this is showing you what happens to Obi-Wan Kenobi while he's spending time on Ooh, Tatooine. Well, yes. you were meant to yeah. think it was. Yeah. And remember in New Hope how he uses his Jedi mind trick to like tell the stormtroopers these are not the droids. Not the droids. Yeah. yeah, he does that again. Oh, So oh, wow. my impression that is, is it the that's origin what he of does. That? He just goes around and <laughs> yeah. He's trying to stop Jabba from his crimes. Okay, just a quick strip poll. Is there anybody here for some reason has not seen Star Wars. <laughs> no, sorry, no, no. Really? Really? Honestly? What was that? Because of wars. The war part. The wars. Yeah. Are you going to watch there it? You Do you go. have plans to watch it now, though? Yeah, excellent. Okay, good. It, is, it is strange, though, because I, I had some neighbors who were like 15 years old and they were never allowed to watch The Simpsons. Huh. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> actually, we, I like we got work out the back goes, yeah, I heard of that. <laughs> We've actually got, we were supposed to have another audience member. She said she was coming, but she hasn't come. And she actually hasn't seen any of the stories. She almost, we almost fell over backwards that she wow. hadn't seen. We were planning on a marathon at this point. To that, try. That's almost worth a sad Hulk music. Yeah, it almost is. <laughs> it's, it's actually interesting. Working in a game shop, we do get people through who have never actually seen Star Wars. And that's amazing. They do exist, yes. <gasps> My heart. <laughs> but David, you've been, uh, but is it any good? We didn't actually get to that. That's <laughs> no, really good. It's really, it's really good. good. Okay, well, so it, it's just Obi Wan walking around, just mind tricking people. Yeah. Yeah. Just watching Luke from afar. It's very That's creepy. That's what the Obi Wan solo <laughs> movie is going to be. Yeah, he's an old man Do watching a, a kid grow up. I think make a little love, a little boogie. Uh, there's, there's something very creepy about the fact that Obi Wan, the old man in the desert, is just watching the young kid. I've been grow watching up. you, Luke, <laughs> from a certain point of view. <laughs> I've been riding in single file. This is your father's lightsaber. (laughs) (laughs) And this is mine. Wrong. Wrong. (laughs) Single file, everybody. Single file. (laughs) To hide your numbers. Um, So uh, here at the store, we had a uh, a meeting. What store would that be, Jamie? Good Games, Hurstville. Hey, there you go. And what suburb (laughs) is that like? The finest game store in all of Hurstville. Hurstville. (laughs) Uh, We had a Words and Bubbles graphic discussion graphic novel discussion group uh, earlier this week which uh, I couldn't attend because I was sick but I did a lot of reading for it uh, I, I read uh, I caught up on Captain Marvel and uh, G. Willow Wilson's uh, Miss Marvel which Good is really much. good And uh, but the star of the show the absolute best female protagonist book I've ever read Rat Queens <laughs> that, that, sto- that is just the best book I can't I can't even find words it's Rat Queens you guys yeah. have talked about it before and you've talked about wanting to do it as a show. Um, you've got to now. at some stage in the future because Rat Queens yeah. is Volume just two, the best. Volume two, my friend. Volume two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all Rat Queens, all the time. All the time. Every yeah. episode will be about Rat Queens. <laughs> Between the Rat Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the Rat Queens. <laughs> just think about what you just said yeah. there. <laughs> we I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week I actually got to a chance to go see Akira. Uh, the uh, anime back at the cinema after 25 years and my goodness it was mm. like a religious experience yeah <laughs> well, one, let me one day I'll tell you about me attempting to go and see that <laughs> last night I will say that, for a, film that for a film that is that old and we're going to uh, uh, event cinemas in the city yes. you think okay there's going to be about five people in the audience mm. it's a little throwback it was I mean, it was full house. Yeah, that, those um, cult things, readings mm. they've got are, are really huge at the moment. Uh. And it started 45 minutes late, but it was still good. Still good. It was still I good. just got to say, Akira, based on a manga. I believe so. And a little book. That means that it took us 150 episodes to mention a manga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Volume two. <laughs> Volume two, my friend. Volume two. All manga all the time. Wow. Manga and Rat Queen. We have actually, we've actually been talking for four years. For four years, we've been talking about doing Akira, and we were talking about doing it as a series of special. Because the manga is six volumes, 353 pages of volume. Yeah. So it's like, no, we're not going to do that in one half hour. Still still shorter than before Watchmen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before Watchmen, because we're talking about it's actually three times longer than Watchmen. (laughs) So, oh man, that was like, I mean, that's the same amount of text. It is semi-text. I have been rereading uh, a lot of Green Arrow, which may (laughs) give you a hint. What a surprise. Yeah. Because my project, I can't reveal at the moment, but it has something to do with me reading a lot of Green Arrow. <laughs> Let's just say and that. that hurts really bad, right? <clears throat> yeah, I hate it. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> What's he got? Arrows? Nothing. He's got nothing. You know what, what we haven't... You know what we do every week? What's that? We do something called news headlines. Oh, I better get ready for I, that. Right. <laughs> show notes. We should really start the show. Um, <laughs> Three, two, two one... one. 
best Apple loop ever. Uh, Chris Pine has been locked in to play Steve Trevor in the upcoming solo Wonder Woman film directed by Patty Jenkins. This presumably means he won't be playing Hal Jordan. There's a Baron there. Marvel announces a Hercules ongoing comic series for November from writer Dan Abnett and artist Luke Ross. DC Alexis has confirmed that Tao Okamoto will play Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. That's hard to say. Lex Luthor. Oh, Sex Luthor. The, the guy that, that fights Superman's bodyguard, Mercy Graves, in the upcoming Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Patrick Osborne, the director of Disney's short film Feast, will direct the Battling Boy movie based on Paul Pope's award-winning graphic novel. Gambit will commence production with a budget of just over $150 million. Production is planned to run through until February 2016 with an October 2016 release date. But we're still not sure whether Channing Tatum's going to be in it at this point. <laughs> Constance Zimmer has signed on for a recurring role in the upcoming third uh, season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which will be loosely based on the Secret Warriors story arc. Constance Zimmer is an awesome name. When Super, Speaking of awesome names, when Supergirl hits screens later this year, she'll be taking on the stupidly named Armin character, Reactron. Played by Chris Browning. In Sydney this week, the record for most Spider-Men, <laughs> women and children was broken as 440 costume wall crawlers filled out City Recital Hall in the CBD. It's like a mini Spider-Verse. Finally, Spider-Man? Spider-Island. Oh, yes. Hey, obligatory <laughs> mention. Finally, clearly trying to promote this live show, Republican presidential hopeful Ted Cruz <laughs> has ripped up a stir this week when he listed Watchman's Rorschach as one of his favorite superheroes. Right on, baby. <laughs> That was, really, that was really amazing. When you played that music, yeah. I actually got to see what you talk about all the time on Podcast Pillow Fort. Amy had this look <laughs> of, oh my God, MTV is on. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the Ted Cruz, who I think, you, as you said before, is like the best name presidential hopeful. Vote Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than vote Trump. Let's face it. Um, is is uh, Rorschach a hero, though? Is that something we can agree on? I would say he's an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero. Than a hero. Who thinks Rorschach's a hero? Oh. Nobody. <laughs> Do I hear anti-hero? Yeah, okay, there we go. Villain. A complex character. <laughs> <laughs> a dude. He's just this guy, you know. <laughs> a psychopath. Fair enough. There you go. Red-headed. <laughs> Freckled. Um, well, I guess that's a nice segue, because we're, we're doing a thing today. We're doing before, during, and after Watchmen, which is uh, before Watchmen was a 37-issue uh, series, which was a prequel to one of the greatest books of all time. Which happened to only be 12 issues. Which happened to only be 12 <laughs> issues. During Watchmen is basically Watchmen, and after Watchmen is this movie that's playing behind us. Where are we up to? Speaking of Rorschach, there he is. Hello. Hey. Hello. Uh, Die, dread. Burst stomach, die. I said no. Wait, we should uh, turn on Zack Snyder's audio commentary. For a <laughs> this shot was awesome. We just loved this shot. This shot took so long. It was awesome. It was. Aw- I remember the day. The day was really awesome. And then I said, this will be awesome. <laughs> and then uh, there's also a bunch of other stuff that's been Watchmen games. You can see there's a hero clicks behind us. And, and i got to notice on this giant... Um, uh, Dr. Manhattan here something's missing and I think it's his giant blue wang is what's missing from that there um, there's also there was a video I game it's more the disturbing the nine. fact that you noticed or the fact that you want to have his giant blue wang on there why wouldn't it's right behind my head why wouldn't I want it there so what, I think it's what t- is the point of having giant Dr. Manhattan without having giant blue wang very really? true <laughs> Giant Blue Wang is my 80s hair metal band. Uh, I think it's time for the pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. (laughs) 
It's the pick of the week. What made you this way? Best-selling graphic novel of all time. Before Watchmen. Available at comic shops everywhere and digitally at dccomics.com. Well, there you go. Speaking of his giant blue wang, I think we uh, just had did, it up did, there. Yeah, I think we did as well. <laughs> did you notice that in that pre- in, the, in the trailer, DC's official trailer to Before Watchmen, they say comic book prequels to the greatest graphic novel of all time. Not that this book's any good at all. Just no. that <laughs> <laughs> this the greatest th- cash-in in history. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, you Moore's think people have sold out before? Wait for Before <laughs> Watchmen. <laughs> Alan Moore's Here are been- creators that, 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 that said yes. <laughs> <laughs> The best people we could find that said yes. Len Wayne, do you want to do Watchmen? Do I? Well, <laughs> boy! There was so much fanboy angst about this series before it came out. Well, I was one of them. Uh, Alan Moore's been pretty quiet on the subject. Uh, <laughs> he said something, you just couldn't hear it behind the beard. I've got this great, I don't know if anyone can see this in the audience, but these are the greatest photos of Alan Moore on the internet. He's just the ravings of a madman. If you look it up, this is an article I got from Fast... Fa- Fast the link co-create. will be in the show notes. The link will be in the show notes. It's from Fast Co-Create. He's, he's just rolling his eyes. He's brushing his hair. He's reading a bit of paper like this. He's got a cup of tea, presumably, in there. This is, this is what it was here. This was, introdu- uh, this was an interview early 2012, so around the time this was coming out. And he was asked about the, the things. And he says, my reaction to the prequels is a certain degree of weary contempt. It's gone beyond anger. It's almost tragically comical. It's commerce over art. But he also said, one, one of the things I really like that he said here was that uh, it seems a bit desperate for, to go after a book famous for its artistic integrity. It's a finite series. Watchmen was said to actually provide an alternative to the superhero story as an endless soap opera. Uh, to turn that into just another superhero comic goes, that goes on forever demonstrates exactly what I feel about the comics industry. And I guess that's the problem that a lot of people had coming it's into actually, this. It's actually the problem I had with this book, which was... When we raid Watchmen, they are not superheroes anymore. They're just no. flawed, broken people who kind of get called into this action for this last moment. But yeah. they do, they're not very good at it. No. Um, what before Watchmen is doing is showing us them as superheroes. Yeah. And I don't think we ever really wanted to see them as superheroes. We, we already had this image of them. Mm. Look, I've, you know? I'm going to disagree, actually. I think Watchmen needs to come off the pedestal so that we can look at before Watchmen, which is actually, as, as it stands on its own, really good. Every single issue that I read, I enjoyed. But is it Watchmen, is the question. I think it's continuous with Watchmen. I think it fits nicely as a prequel. It's hard to take of all the books to take off the pedestal. Watchmen is probably the hardest one to ever take off. Oh, I, it have, is. I have no problem. I'll tear it down for you if you like. Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> well, wait, wait till we get to jury Watchmen. <laughs> but no, I, I do. I, look, I love Watchmen. I think it's great. Um, but I don't think that you can discount using those characters ever again just because they're in that story. I kind of disagree, but Dave, we haven't heard from you yet. Well, I guess like one of the big things about it is that Watchmen is in itself so complete, and Alan Moore made it so complete. Exactly. And he puts in all the extra material in there, yeah. which is like exactly what he wanted you to have before going into it. Mm, mm. And so 
when an artist sort of comes out and creates something so pure and with such intent, it's supposed to be a statement on superhero comics and superheroes in general and, and all that stuff in the, and all the stuff it's commenting on during the 80s. And the kind of thing is that's what makes Watchmen Watchmen. It's complexity on that level. And so I think the anger comes from before Watchmen just being sort of a pale imitation that's mm. not really grounded in anything that the book sort of existed for mm. or... Or feels like, I yeah. guess. Like I don't know. And, like, and, I, not, and I agree with Jamie too. Like that's that's still not enough to disparage the work that other creators and other artists. Have and, done, and we should and we should point out that before Watchmen has some stellar moments in it. The bigger question I think that Richard was asking is, is it Watchmen? And I think it, that's the bigger. Because it's, it's the same thing you see with Ant Man lately now, where mm. it's like people judge the thing before it happens. Where it's yeah. like like if you look at Edgar Wright as Alan Moore in this case, and you've got. What Peyton Reed, the new director of Ant Man, as everybody else in Before Watchmen, yeah. it's the exact same thing repeating itself. People have decided, you know, Before Watchmen's going to suck. It's a sellout move. Like it, it's not right without Alan Moore, and their mind's made up. Mm. So yeah. these these people are never going to enjoy Before Watchmen because of where they stand morally. Mm. So you know, it's not really even worth going into because it's like you're biased enough that you can't even see it. So what, what it we is. should do is look at Before Watchmen now as clear eyes and look at it for what they are yeah, it's books. like you hold you hold Watchmen up and you leave it up there because it's always going to be up there but like there's no real reason why you can't just hold mm. Watchmen underneath it and know, with like some of the Watchmen. issues I do agree with you because I think uh, I think within I mean within this series of books there are different creators different artists throughout them and I think that some are more successful than others and this is going to be incredibly subjective and we all have different opinions on for this sure. of course um, but I think for me personally I think the um, uh, Lee Bermejo art and Azarello writing for Rorschach uh, was just the best book of the I series I want to jump in there and just say look for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Before Watchmen but may be familiar with some mm. of the artists and writers we're talking some stellar people we're talking Darwin Cook who did New Frontier which is one of the greatest uh, Justice League stories Amanda Connor who's a, a favourite artist yep. of yours Dave uh, Brian Strzinski. Azarello Stravinsky Brian Azarello JG Jones uh, Andy and Joe Kubert uh, Len Wein who you mentioned before Lee uh, Lee Bermejo who we love does this beautiful yeah. photorealistic art Jay Lee Adam Hughes uh, also does beautiful art on there as well and uh, Edward Risso uh, Steve Rude you know all these people and it's and, and uh, the Crimson Corsair one had John Higgins on the art we're talking some of the best of the best people yeah. that were working for DC at the time which was DC's way of trying to say, well, look, yeah, we're doing this, but we're going to do it well. Absolutely. It's not like they just you know. said, hey, Jeff Johns, do you want to reinvent The Watchmen? You know? <laughs> I, they yeah. probably did do that, actually. And he went, no, actually, I'm fine, thanks. But more fundamentally, <laughs> I mean, I think the bigger problem that people had with this, and we can't not talk about this, is the fact that DC's treatment of Alan Moore yes. prior yeah. to Before Watchmen. Before Watchmen, he had a, a creator deal. Watchmen, in a lot of ways, was kind of touted in the 80s as almost his creator-owned thing. It was kind of this, this notion that, you know, the writer and an artist getting to do what they wanted to do on a book for 12 issues. And they had an agreement with him in his contract, even though afterwards the contract is one of the strictest creator, anti-creator contracts you could possibly find. Uh, we basically said to him, you will get the rights back when this goes out of print. Mm. This, of course, became Watchmen as we know it today and has never been out of well, print. Well, it's been on the New York bestseller list. Constantly. Novel bestseller list forever. Yeah. It's been on the Time bestseller list. This book has never gone out of print. print. And it never, <laughs> it probably, ne well, I won't say never, but it, it'll be a long time in the world of comic mm. books before it ever goes out of print. And for good reason, but unfortunately, that means that Moore doesn't get those rights back to do what he wanted to do. He was apparently offered the rights back in 2010, 
um, uh, in, in, in return, DC said, can you write one of the prequel stories and we'll give you the rights back. And he said, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would have done it at this stage. I'm just over it. So I think one of the things that I think a lot of people get upset that you were saying before, judging it in advance, is because Alan Moore's been pretty anti the whole idea because it's well, not something he wanted. I'm kind of on Alan Moore's side with this because yeah. I, I myself am not a that big a fan of Before Watchmen, yeah. but mostly because I don't think it needs to exist. Agreed. Like, it, it, like Agreed. there's some good work there, but it just doesn't need to happen. But where I think where that's it, my issue. Yeah. Where it gets like really problematic is that Alan Moore like has expressed numerous times that he didn't want this to happen, and so mm. the kind of thing is like DC went ahead. Yeah, and steamrolled Alan Moore for the sake of capitalizing and how making well a profit. How well did it do? Do we know how well the sales were? Like this is this is like. Let's have a look. Sorry, I should actually hold up before Watchmen. Like <laughs> th- this is really like the height of comic books and how they've sold out. It it's the peak. Yeah, yeah. like the peak. It is it is a pure know. commercial enterprise. Yeah. It's got nothing to do. I don't think it has any or had anything. The decision to do it, I don't think, was an artistic decision. The decision to do it was. We've got a property and we can make money on this yeah. property. The movie's mm. just come out. Yeah. Or Certainly or the cynic yeah. in me agrees. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't help but feel that there were more stories to tell using those characters in that universe. Oh, totally. Um, totally. But the thing was, there's, Alan there's so much, want it to, There's so yeah. much in Watchmen that just hints to what came before. But that's the question. There's so many stories that you could tell, but should you tell them? That's the bigger issue. Because we look you at. Know? I we, tend to think every story should be told. Well, like, like <laughs> to bring it to bring it back to the Edgar Wright Ant Man thing again. Like Edgar Wright had left the project. Yeah. Edgar yeah. Wright had given his blessing to the people that came on. He he knew. Mm-hmm. You know. So in that case, it's different. Because here, it's like I don't want this to happen. Yeah. Well, don't you no, do it? No, I think you've got to be careful because you know. in in the same way, Alan Moore signed a contract. That's whether true. whether it's so a fair video. one or whether he agreed with it later or not, you could argue that the DC deliberately worded the contract so that that it, it was ambiguous enough that you know it but there's, would, there's yeah. also there is if, if you are doing something for an artistic integrity yeah. as well you look at it and go sure he had a contract for whatever it was and so forth Watchmen became more than it ever was intended to be it became Agreed. this amazing thing absolutely so at that point you should sit there and go let's let's honor an amazing piece of work and and you know help and, that's and, definitely and what I would the do. Creator, yeah. you know, yeah. that's what I do think they did with it, though. All the yeah. creators and artists didn't come in here like trying to sell out or anything. It's DC that did. Mm. Mm. Like, oh, I think I, I lay this on DC, like, um, not the creators. No, look, yeah, like they come in trying to do the best they can. Yeah, you know? I mean, and Darwin Books sort of said since in the last couple of years, maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. I mean, he he wrote a few stories in this, but as you say, no one in here is phoning it in. No. Um, everyone like, in here... Look, like, there is know. something to say, like particularly what you're saying, Jamie. There is something to say with, like, there's a lot to do with these characters. But there is also a lot to say with, like, we can create new characters and we can... Absolutely. You know, I yeah, look, I so don't, I'm not saying that we shouldn't encourage new properties and move away yeah. from, you know, reusing the same things over and over mm. again. But yeah, it's like saying uh, Mort Weisinger wrote the first Green Arrow. No one else should ever write mm. it again. You know, and I... And I agree with it, but you'd look at the flip side of someone like uh, Grant Morrison, who just wrote The Multiversity, which was a self-contained, what, eight-issue series, but then he deliberately set out to say, right, now that I'm done with that, they are like seven pilots for seven potential series that other people can write. Absolutely. Where that was the creator's intention, you know, and now we're in a tension between, does DC have the right to do whatever they want with somebody else's works? Is that the realm for fan fiction? Or is that the realm for... On the basis of a contract, yes. DC has the right to do whatever they want. I guess, like, like to to split the difference is, like, I 
I personally don't really mind either way. I just mm. sort of think that it's worth pointing out that Alan Moore was dissatisfied. And yeah, didn't I want think to. So. Alan Moore is pretty yeah. much dissatisfied with everything. We should stress yeah. that as well. <laughs> like, and like, I think, like, and I think this is a man, by the way. All the, for all that we want to tear down DC on their behaviour yeah. in this, I like. I, I think yes, they probably should give more props and more respect to Alan Moore for Watchmen. Mm. At the same time, they did try and bring him on board. Mm. We're going to talk about the books themselves. Well, that's the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin is exactly that. It's like, should Alan Moore be angry about it? But he was. There is also the factor, though, you could look at it and say from DC's point of view, whether Alan Moore agreed to do it or not, the fact that they reached out and said, Alan, do you want to write a story in this? That's true. Is good press. So whether they yeah. uh, they knew he was never and they kind of had Dave Gibbons on board, who's the artist. For those yeah. of you who don't remember, I, I should say just just to sum up the whole Alan Moore debate that he, he said um, when he was talking about his his distaste of superheroes, uh, he said in a, in the same 2012 interview, the only things left uh, to, to to adapt into films, the only things left are breakfast cereal mascots. In our lifetime, we will see Johnny Depp playing Captain Crunch. We have it's I, called Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's all the crunch gone? <laughs> I, I will. See, I will definitely see that film. Sorry, I think I just popped someone's eardrum doing that. Um, but the books themselves, uh, which ones did we like, which ones didn't we like? There were, what, six or seven miniseries out of this. There was a Minutemen one, which is probably the closest to Watchmen itself in terms of it being about that team of characters that we see in flashback throughout Watchmen. So there's eight miniseries and a one-shot. Is what this yeah, is made of. Yeah. Okay. Up well, there you go. Okay. So let's 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 confront. Let's talk about the one shot first. Let's get that out okay. of the way. So the dollar bill gets a one dollar, shot. Dollar bill. <laughs> dollar, dollar bill. Yeah. So the dollar bill gets a one shot. For me personally, and Dave, as as a fellow filmmaker, I think we can both agree that they broke the one cardinal rule of script writing with this book. And as soon as I read it, I went, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. So if you're reading this, the, I'm ca- dead. the character narrates the book about how he became Dollar Bill and then dies. Sorry, <laughs> spoilers, but he narrating. dies. Yet he's still narrating after his well, death. <laughs> and that's why he's a hero. <laughs> I've got to say, the irony in calling it Dollar Bill, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be an English teacher, and my goodness, you know that's the first thing we tell kids when they're writing stories. Exactly, don't die in first the person. Only, and the only <laughs> film is the, the only film that has managed to pull that off, kind of, was Reversal of Fortune because she narrates from uh, a coma. Sun, Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, come on. Um, but I said the only film that could pull it off. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Death Ooh. becomes her. <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're ending this show right now. We're doing a Death Becomes Her special right now. Um, okay, so it's a Minutemen, which is you said you had difficulty. Let's start with you because you yeah. had all difficulty right, so out of all this. of the books, I've read all of them except I, I will admit that I have not finished Minutemen purely because I couldn't get through it. Four times I tried to read Minutemen and four times I went, oh, God, this is tedious. <laughs> See, that's kind of a shame because I actually thought of all the books, Minutemen was very slow grow, but ended br- and really, I wanted, really well. And I wanted Minutemen to be the best book, because to me, it felt like that should have been the foundation or the cornerstone of all of it, yeah. and I could not sink my teeth into it. Yeah. I just couldn't. Mm. I can understand that, actually. It took a while to, to build. It really did, but by the time you're getting to the end... It's on my iPad. I will finish you reading should, it. You should. Hey, there it is. You should, because the stuff at the end, and it, it has the big reveal about Hooded Justice, which mm-hmm. the rest of the books sort of hinted at at times. Oh, and I was waiting for that the whole series. Yeah, well, <laughs> go back and read it. I'm going to now. So. <laughs> Maybe I'll just skip the first issue. <laughs> now, Silk Spectre, what did you guys think about Minutemen? I, I liked yeah. Minutemen, maybe I quite uh, myself, most yeah. of, out of all of them. Yeah. yeah. No, it was one but of my favourites. It wasn't my favourite. Mm. Uh, Silk Spectre was probably my least favourite. Mm. Silk Spectre uh, had the biggest laugh for me. 
Which was? Which was, somebody asked Laurie how she is, and then they just had the panel of Munch's The Scream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to go out and say that uh, Silk Spectre was actually my least favourite, and it's from my favourite artist. So. I know. It, it, it felt like an Archie comic. It did. It felt, it felt really, really out of place. Archie just so the I, Watchman. <laughs> just, so I can, just so I can play this. Archie and Veronica blush. There you go. Does that, does that make Ozymandias Mr. Weatherby? or? <laughs> <laughs> Who's so Jughead? And, oh, is is Rorschach no. Jughead? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's wearing that crown-looking hat. That is true. That Rorschach's is true. journal, August 1st. Eight hamburger. Rorschach should be Archie. I love Veronica. I love Betty. I can't make up my when they asked me to make a choice. mind. When they asked me to make a choice, I said no. <laughs> I looked down on both of them and said no. <laughs> But it doesn't, it doesn't feel like Watchmen at all. I think that is the problem yeah. a lot of people thought would be the problem with before Watchmen. Some of these are great, but is it Watchmen, you know? Yeah, and Silk um, Spectre really did. It was actually a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that would be a better book. Now, Brian Azzarello is an amazing oh, writer. Baby. He uh, actually wrote my two favorites of the entire Well, let's thing. talk about both of them together then. He wrote Comedian, yep. uh, who, is, was on the, there, who is on the screen behind us right now. And uh, he wrote the Rorschach four-issue miniseries. Yeah. Uh, now, and uh, Rorschach... Amazing miniseries as well because yeah. the art is just yeah. I think I think out of all of this, if they had just released the four Rorschach books, I yeah. would have been happy. I would have been done. And if you want to talk about it being Watchmen, the yeah. voice is Rorschach yeah. the it's, whole it's way through. Bang on Rorschach, Rorschach. Rorschach. nailed it. Absolutely and nailed it. And they've got this great because it's this night set in the seventies. It's got seventies New York down pat. Well, he talks. He talks to Robert. He talks to Robert yeah. De Niro, who drives a taxi driver. You know, because like basically Rorschach is like an extreme version of taxi driver. It's almost so. like Rorschach inspired the taxi driver. <laughs> and the, the contrast between Rorschach's mask and the number of afros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like. I want that to be your rating scale on all comics from now on. This gets four afros out of five. <laughs> I would love to see a mini series of like Alan Moore as the taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> Was it cranky? Alan's journal? <laughs> Cran- <laughs> Comic riders in cars getting coffee. <laughs> yeah. I drove. I drove past a comic book store today, and uh, oh boy, everything I see in there just is like a dead dog on a highway. Do you want to hear about my latest stuff? Shall, shall we keep story? going? We should keep going. Well, comedian. Alan Moore gets a six pack halfway through. Comedian wasn't quite as good, but it was still up there, and it had the most amazing moment, uh, the best writing I think of any of them. Uh, where talking to your Moloch, he he busts in on Moloch's operation, and Moloch is just sitting there watching the TV because Kennedy's <laughs> just died. That's and the right. two of them just bond over it. It's amazing. He's it like, do you have any alcohol? <laughs> 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 I, I really like the comedian. I really like the structure of it. I really like the fact that it keeps jumping time periods. So it's yeah. like we've got a, a flashback to before Vietnam, then we're in Vietnam, then we're three years in Vietnam. And the Vietnam you know? stuff is vicious. It's brutal. Yeah. And yeah. it really shows the comedian as the, the, the sociopath that we know that he yeah. is. Um, and love. And love. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a joke. It's all a joke, man. <laughs> it's all a joke. <laughs> No, um, it probably was the one that they humanized a horrible character the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was really good. I would really like Bermejo to have drawn that, though. That was my only... Cause oh, I don't know. He was pretty... Uh, Rorschach, he was just like Rorschach perfect, was good, you know? but God, could yeah. you imagine? The, the team up of Azarello and Bermejo if, is like the dream team. If, if Bermejo had drawn um, Comedian, we wouldn't have slept for weeks. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That's um, true. Night Owl, everyone's favourite Batman clone. Oh, no, Blue Beetle clone. <laughs> <laughs> is he meant to be Blue Beetle or is he meant to be uh, Batman? Oh, he's more Blue Beetle, I think. Yeah. 
Because uh, and also it's based on the comics that originally were Blue the Beetle. Charlton, yeah, yeah, comics. yeah, yeah so the he's Charl- meant to be Blue Beetle the same way Rorschach's meant to be. The question. That's right. Yeah. I actually thought Night Owl was the book that Minutemen was supposed to be. It, it tied everything together yes. really nicely. Mm. It filled in all the blanks. It was the bonding book, which I f- suppose is Night Owl's role in the team. Mm. Really, he's mm. the the human voice. There's a great line in it too between him and Rorschach where he says, but we shouldn't. He goes, no, I do. He goes, you talk, I do. You and, know? It, and, <laughs> and it's got a dominatrix named the Twilight Lady. How can you go wrong? <laughs> Who is basically supposed to be Silk Spectre. Like, let's yeah. face it. Yeah, the, the <laughs> thing for me, the really good thing about it was the way that it showed how Rorschach and Night Owl actually became friends. Yeah. And <laughs> that's always been one of the jarring things for me in Watchmen is why those, why anyone would hang out with Rorschach what ever. Really? Nice ship. Because <laughs> <laughs> you really only get at the end of Watchmen, you really only get that one line where, um, you know, Rorschach says to the, you know, the original, what he says to uh, Night Owl, I know I'm difficult. Yeah. You're a good friend. Thank you. And exactly. then kind of walks out into the snow. But this actually gave, it, it. That's it, the only, gave yeah. it so much, you know, and, and it actually yeah. became a really organic friendship and I loved it. And we saw the origin of the end is nigh sign, which yes. is the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that whole storyline with, um, oh, with the Reverend was. With the Reverend was yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. full on. So, <laughs> Jamie, I think you're with me. You're a big Straczynski fan, aren't you? I'm a huge Straczynski fan. Yeah, me fan. too. So, um, mm. I think Straczynski wrote Night Owl, and he also wrote Ma- Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, which yeah. is actually my favorite of the books. Well, there you go. So, uh, Dr. Manhattan had the most fantastic non-linear storyline. It was like bouncing all over the place, man. And the most Blue Wayne. And the mo- <laughs> to be fair. I have to say that I could, I, all the way through reading that book, I just had the quote, What's in the box? <laughs> Do you reckon that's in the script for the artist when he gets the, like this panel, Blue Wang? <laughs> Look, it, it was interesting. Like, I guess if you're going to write a story about Doctor Manhattan, you've kind of got to take some some pop nuclear physics. Yeah. Um, and and the what's in the box thing worked as a framing device. I I think if Doctor Manhattan was actually telling that story, it probably would have been more detailed in places. Although I have to give props to them for that amazing sequence where. Two choices are made, and we get the story from both All sides. All the sliding yes. doors. And, and the comic and, flips. And, and we have to flip the book upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Which on an iPad is yeah. a pain in the ass. the screen. I think and... to the wrong direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's basically sliding doors. I'm glad so, it wasn't oh, just me. Oh, my God. Dr. Manhattan is Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> uh, Dr. Manhattan missed the train. <laughs> Just on your, your panel description of Blue Wang, it, like uh, Alan Moore is notorious for writing like page-long descriptions of a single panel. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, it was swinging slowly in the breeze. He was circumcised. <laughs> the other watchmen were dwarfed by it. You know? I want the balls to look like two apricots freshly picked during a spring. I think you're describing a saga script at the moment. <laughs> Six inches by four inches, that's the panel box. Uh, I, think and then, <laughs> I think we found Dave's... Uh, uh, virtuosity there. <laughs> this, is, this is what you <laughs> to go be back writing. to your to go back to your Ant Man uh, <laughs> comparison. It's not a key ring. Ozzy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move swiftly along. Ozzy, man, I would love it though if I was the artist. I would love it just to be like however often you want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Write it in. Yeah, you can have whole pages of it. <laughs> Make it a double page splash. Wouldn't that have been a, like, if that was the whole before Watchmen? <laughs> 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 Maybe that's the whole reason for Before Watchmen. Before Wang. It's like you just open the comic book, the first all of DC's page. House artists are going, we want to draw Wangs and you won't let us draw them on Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so, so give us a project. <laughs> There's uh, one artist in DC right now going, can Superman have Wang? You know, like, <laughs> he's really missing a Wang. You know? <laughs> like, More Wang. 
Uh, okay. That's actually a note at DC. They go, yeah, look, it's a good book. No, in DC, they'll, they'll give Lois Lane <laughs> away. Can I put instead. a kibosh on the use of the word wang for the rest of the show? <laughs> wang! <laughs> wang! Will they earn us an explicit tag, do you think? I don't think so. I, we I really shook know. the pillars of heaven, didn't we, Wang? <laughs> <laughs> Nice Paul. Nice, nice Paul. Paul. Don't say Paul and Wang in the same sentence. All right, please, just don't do that. that that's not good. All right, on to Ozymandias, or is it Ozymandias? King Watch Wang. Wang. He prefers Diaz. Diaz. Uh, so this is also Len Wein and uh, Jay Lee who did the art, and the art is... It is the best art. Gorgeous. That, uh, I was gorgeous. talking before about this splash panel in there where he's basically doing some Batman-style flips, move through combat, throws his circlet, catches things but it's all in silhouette and it just is the most amazing piece of art so to me it looks like people just rushing to get out the door it's like I've had enough of this I can't take it anymore there's too much talk there was one too many wangs (laughs) they've just they've just seen a poster that says this is the last show so they're they're all rushing over or we've mentioned wang once too often they're all rushing to buy so this book is written by Len Wang right is that what what (laughs) 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 sorry Len Wang they should have just called it Wolverine swamp thing we just called him Len Wang excellent um, but the art is gorgeous. He does these this beautiful, like this elongated painted art, and he does like these these kind of Art Deco kind of framing things and stuff. And now you can't get Len Wang out of your head, can you? <laughs> Says the guy dressed away. in blue. So You're we know. Welcome. I had to move away from the microphone when you said Swamp Thing. Oh, <laughs> at least I didn't say giant size man. It's a swamp thing. thing, baby. Okay, from now on we're referring to it as man thing. Man thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's his man thing. His giant size man thing. Um, I really liked Ozymandias. I thought Ozymandias I thought it was, was quite possibly one of the best written books of them all. Yes, as well. agreed. It, it, it is so eloquent. It's so it is. You read it and just and it is dense. I mean, this is it a was, dense read. And again, it filled in a really nice blank from the original for me, which was how Ozymandias knew he needed to kill the comedian. Correct. Yeah. And also, yeah, it fills yeah, in a big yeah. hole, which is. What the hell? Sorry, Ozymandias spoilers. What's spoilers what? if you haven't read Watchmen. Oh my goodness. Also, or, or you're not up to it. He should die. He, he's already, he already died, guys. Um, <laughs> um, it also fills in a big hole about Ozymandias, so because he always seemed like the most useless character in the so world. So did you say it fills in a really big hole? It does. <laughs> With man thing. <laughs> All right. So let, we've saved the best two for last. Moloch and Dollar Bill, y'all. Yeah. We did Dollar we Bill. Did dollar bill. Oh, we did Dollar Dollar Bill. So Moloch, <laughs> which is also JMS and Edward Rizzo did the art. So it looks great. Um, now, Moloch was not someone I thought would get his own book. Mm. But no, kind no, of, yeah. I'm kind of glad he did, though, because he is actually a really overlooked character. And he only gets two issues. Everybody else gets more yeah. than six issues. And it was a really good book. Yeah. And mm. it really filled in that guy's story, you know? Like, That's Straczynski as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. He wrote three of them. Straczynski is an amazing writer. Yeah, he, no, I'm saying he wrote three of them, though, yeah. out of the three out of the eight. That's not a bad effort. I think he's... I've been following... couldn't get any other writers. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we want to do a Moloch book and all the writers would turn their back and walk away. What was that? What'd you say? What? I've been I'll following... I'll do it as long as I can do it over five years. <laughs> I've been really following Straczynski's career since I was four years old because he wrote for Masters of the Universe. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he did too. Straczynski's amazing. Wow. I love him. He is. For those who don't know, he's also the creator and primary writer of Babylon 5 the yes. series so and he's currently the co-creator co-writer of Sense8 oh, currently Sense8, on, on ne- Netflix fantastic. right now so the guy's amazing he's been around for a while and uh, gotta watch that. in fact on my on my list later he might come up not once but maybe Ooh. twice so Ooh. Um, yeah he yeah. comes up a couple of times that'll be during <laughs> John D's Geek Related Challenge or something <laughs> uh, or something there was meant to be a epilogue story a one shot 
Um, oh, should we talk about oh, the, the Crimson, Crimson Corsair? Corsair? That's yeah. right. Yeah, there was another. Now, if you remember the original Watchmen, there was like a, a, a linking story in between it, a comic within a comic. Or if you've called, seen the ultimate cut. Or if you've seen the ultimate cut of the film called Tales of the Black Freighter. And it was... Uh, it was sort of reflecting what was happening in the main comic and it was this very clever thing that Alan Moore did to make it completely unfilmable. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but here we are. Um, Turns so out that was just a giant squid, right? Quiet, <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Crimson Corsair was their kind of piratey spiritual sequel. I don't think they're... The, are the stories related at all? But I can't remember. No, 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 no. they are. So it's just another pirate story. Um, and in there. I actually had problems with it. Oh, so, look, it's all over the place. Because the problem I had with it was that Alan Moore's was very deliberate. It was there to reflect the story that yes. was happening. and everything. This feels tacked on. It, it feels, just didn't gel. It feels tacked on at the end. And the bigger problem I had was because they split it up over all of the books, if you go and try and read it now or in trades, it's actually broken up over all these single mm. issues. So... I, I was reading these books. I've got singles, but I'm reading them in collections. I read them when they came out. Monthly. And it's like, here's Corsair Part 8, here's Part they 4, were, here's Part 2. Yeah, here's, were, it's like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, I remember because I, yeah, I read them when, they, when the series actually came out. And the, like you're going week to week and you're trying to remember two panels yeah, every yeah, week. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. It felt very much like an editorial choice that got stuck onto the end of everything. It's like, yeah. oh, that had a pi- they had a pirate story. We better have a pirate story. <laughs> <laughs> Yar. <laughs> Yar. They, they had someone write and draw it then they forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> or they wrote a, pi- a decent pirate story and they went, slice it up to every two pages <laughs> and just spread it out. <laughs> so there was meant to be an epilogue uh, with various writers and artists. Or bringing it all together at the end of this, but they lost interest, or yeah, apparently it was cancelled. <laughs> so it was gonna it was gonna feature another Crimson Corsair story, um, which seems strange because if we're coming at it from the it's just a marketing exercise standpoint, it, it was selling really well as individual yeah. books. Mm. It was on like it was in the bestseller charts. Yeah, it was, and and at the time, I mean, we'd not long started the show, and this is not long off the back of DC relaunching their New Fifty Two, so yeah. they were dominating the charts about four or five years ago. Um, and this this was part of the reason. I mean, Watchmen. Whether you like it, whether you like before Watchmen or not, Watchmen is one of the most marketable names. Even people who have never read any other comics have read Watchmen, or they at least know of it, or at least know about Watchmen, either yeah. from the film or just because through osmosis, not Ozymandias, through osmosis. Um, look, I I enjoyed a lot of this stuff. Whether or not it's it's Watchmen or not is debatable. As you, I think, as individual books, there's a lot to get out of this. Um, yeah, I think I just think that if you're looking at it. I say, if, you, if you're really interested in Watchmen, just go read Watchmen. I mean, Alan Moore has you know? said, if you buy before Watchmen, don't buy any of my other books. Um, <laughs> Alan Moore's a crazy man. <laughs> oh, right. Here, that's right. Log Cabin. I forget. I forget. <laughs> I forget. I I, I'm telling... Okay, Alan Moore, if you're listening, I've bought a lot of your books, and I've bought before Watchmen, and I don't care what you say. And I would really still like you to come on the show. So. <laughs> yes, please come on for Volume 2. You're welcome at any time. Uh, it, uh, we promise Volume 2 will be before Watchmen And I 3. promise I won't call you a crazy man if you're in front of me, because you I might want, hurt uh, me. Lost Girls 2, please. <laughs> yeah. We're coming back on Lost Girls. All right, let's move on to Watchmen. Before it's- From Hell. That'll before- be the next. <laughs> before Lost Girls. <laughs> let's move on to... Um, Cheering, Watchmen. Oh, wait, I got something to say here at this point. Where are my notes? 
It has been called the greatest comic story of all time. Originally published by DC Comics in 1986 and 1987 as a 12-part series, it was created by Alan Moore and artist Dave Gibbons to deconstruct and parody the superhero genre. Using non-linear narratives, recurring symbols, and a story within a story, it remains one of the most discussed and revered books of its kind almost 30 years later. This is comic book storytelling at its finest. This is Watchmen. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> now that song is actually this. This got me worried about the film because that that song is the beginning is the end is the beginning. Not to be confused with the end is the beginning is the end by the Smashing Pumpkins, a song that they actually recycled from the cinematic classic Batman and Robin. And it was used for the trailer, wasn't it? Was it was used for yeah. the trailer. It was um, awesome in the trailer, It was, it was it great really in the trailer. Well. Uh, I've just got a call back to... Uh, Billy Corgan, the Eric Cartman of the music world. I've got a call back to Alan Moore books sorry. that we're... I love Smashing oh, Sorry, Pumpkins, sequels to Alan Moore books that we're waiting for. I can't wait for you for Undeader. <laughs> <laughs> now, Watchmen. I don't want to spend too much time on this because we did Watchmen all way back in the oh, 30s. Oh, way back there. And yeah. I think at the time we already said... This is comics. 101. So, yeah, so we've already said that. So. And someone's going to re-edit this show and go, Before Watchmen, this is Comics 101. <laughs> um, now, you asked the question earlier, you know, do, whether we put this on a pedestal or not. This is, this is pretty much all I want to ask. Very simple question. Is Watchmen the greatest comic of all time or is Watchmen worth all the attention that it gets? It is Jamie, in 20 words or less. No, sorry. <laughs> it's not the greatest comic of all time, but it is very good <clears throat> and it does deserve a lot of attention. Yes, you can elaborate uh, if you want. It's it's <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, Watchmen. I, it's an important comic. Mm. It's it's important. That's <laughs> all I'll say. I, I don't want to say it's the best or it's not, but it's it holds it, up the corner post of your bed. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it important. <laughs> That's why it's important. It's got Maybe a lot of blue wang. <laughs> now, now I've <laughs> I've got a lot of man things. Sorry, correction, man things. Alan yeah, Moore man. is a really influential and great writer, but yeah. I mean, how do you know if this is the best comic book ever written? I mean, how how do you? Because we haven't know? finished comic books yet. Yeah, That's I true. Yeah. I think I think it is a incredibly important. I've got increasingly large versions of this book at home. I'm increasingly large versions of Man Thing, I guess. Um, I've got you know I bought it every time it's been released in an absolute edition or a, a, an artifact edition because I just love the book so much I think it is one of the most important books of all time I think it is one of the most expertly written books and I don't think anything's come close I think we do the amount of times when I'm writing about comics and I reference going yeah but this kind of did it better you know and it's and it's it's sort of like yeah look there's the Citizen Kane argument or, you know seven decades later or eight decades later is it the greatest movie ever made anymore no but it's probably still one of the most important and influential Absolutely. movies ever made the same could be thing instead of Watchmen there's a reason it still sells in the millions, mm. you know. I'll answer your question with one word, and I'll yeah. just say yes. <laughs> 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 I think no. Look, I think you'll you're right. look up <laughs> and you'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, look, I agree with you. I don't. I, can we say it's the greatest comic book ever written? I, look, that's a big boast. And can you I've say, not read every comic can you, book. Yeah, so, can you yeah. say that about any book? Is it one of the most important comics written? I think in yeah. the DC stable, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In the whole comics world. I don't know. I haven't read every comic ever written, but it is a damn fine piece of literature, yeah. and I think that's really what's important. Absolutely, it is, and it is literature. Fine. That's yeah. a really great and point to make. And this is why it yeah. ends up on the New York Times bestseller mm. book uh, as a bestseller, but it's under novels, not under graphic, but it's actually in the novel section. I, I am know? one of the biggest proponents of comics being recognised as literature, but not every comic is literature. Absolutely, no, no. and and Watchmen really is definitively. Mm. Yes, the, this should be studied. It should be analysed. It should be looked at. There are 
are there flaws in it? Yes, of course, there's flaws mm. in everything. But I think Alan Moore will still go down as being one of the greatest comic book writers in history. Uh, it's will, he, will he be the best? Well, we don't know. But certainly the biggest beard of a comic book writer in history but today. With, with a combination today. of this and V for Vendetta and 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 um, From Hell and and his other books. I mean, this is an amazing writer, and I think this is quite frankly, and of course, Killing Joke. I think quite frankly, though, this is his finest work. This I'll, is his swan song. This yeah. is like, if he went out and never wrote another book, this is it. This, this is, is the dropping the mic on, yeah, the, on the superhero show. Absolutely. absolutely. It else, is. Yeah. I, uh, I like that you say that it should be studied. I used to teach it. Yeah, well, there you go. go. I, I, yeah. Actually, I actually, we used to do a course on science fiction in particular. Mm. And uh, we'd talk about alternate realities. And I had just one or two students out of a class of four or five would always do a, a couple of tutorials with me on Watchmen. Yeah, it's, it's like the fact that Blade Runner has taught in HSC English now. It's like yeah. it, the fact that Blade Runner is taught in HSC English, not Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, but Blade Runner is taught in English. Mm -hmm. This should also be taught. Dune, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it compares to those works of literature. Yeah. So we're agreed it's good. Yeah. Just Excellent. Just Excellent. We're going to move on to this thing that's playing behind us now, and there's Malin Ackerman on screen right now. All right, we just stopped the show now, all right? Uh, anyway, um, we're going to move on to this film. Now we're going to get a bit of audio from the film, actually. Let's go. Uh. It's a matter of time. You're playing uh, Crayon Scott, see? going to be a nuclear war. What if that's why someone wants us out of the I'm way? I'm going to bring that down. Yeah, that's, that's so we can't do anything to stop it. So it makes for fascinating audio. It makes for terrific audio, but not so great for you guys here. We realize you've been sitting here for a long time already. So we've been going for an hour and a half, apparently. We're on day so, three of this podcast, and uh, <laughs> we're going to be here all week. We're one hour for every first. issue we've done so far. So 150 on way hours. To audition. <laughs> For Batman Begins. <laughs> Fear competition from Christian Bale. <laughs> All right, so this is the film, um, which is available in three different forms. There is the theatrical cut. Is that the theatrical cut playing? or It's the ultimate cut. Well, this is the ultimate cut. So there's the theatrical cut, which is the one you saw in the theatricals. Um, there is the director's cut, which adds in um, a bunch of scenes, including... About 20 minutes, I think. They yeah, added back mainly the scenes involving the, the newsstand owner and the kid... Uh, yeah, reading the yeah, comic book. Yeah. And, and then the and ultimate there's also, the, there's also the scene where Hollis gets beaten. Oh, here there? we go. Mm. Right yeah. here. And this is the scene yeah. we're up to right now. The kid's reading the comic book and it cuts to these scenes here of the Crimson Corsair. Uh, sorry, the not Crimson Corsair. The Black the Freighter. Black Freighter. Um, so, uh, so you get all no, those added back into the long, uh, into the ultimate cut as well. Now, But is, is Deckard a replicant though? Uh... <laughs> Then again, who does? <laughs> I'm just curious. All this controversy over before Watchmen. If I if I were to fund Watchmen the musical, would I, <laughs> would I be disowned? <laughs> you may be shot for that. <laughs> the, look, the thing is, this this movie came out what uh, 
seven years ago now? About Six that, years yeah, ago, yeah. seven years ago. Um, this is, you know, sandwiched somewhere, but it was after The Dark Knight. It was after Iron, Iron Man. Man. Uh, so superhero movies were picking up in pace at this point. This was said to be unfilmable. It had gone through so many different directors. Well, let's not forget Terry Gilliam Gilliam was attached to it for a long time. Yeah, Yeah. and that would have been an interesting film. But Uh, it might just—it might just not have been crazy enough for Terry Gilliam. No, (laughs) I think Terry Gilliam actually couldn't—he couldn't wrap his head around it in the end. He loved the book so much, and it took Snack Snyder to do it. Good lord! Yeah, Um, Zack Snyder was coming straight off of Three Hundred. Yes. In fact, there is actually an Easter egg in Three Hundred. Oh, you have to have a keen eye. But in one of the lightning strikes, you can see Rorschach's face. So, okay. so while he was making it, he got Also, signed. one of the Persians is Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to go with the obvious joke there, but I chose to step... I stepped away from the wang. Uh, <laughs> the, um, the, the film, I think... We were talking about this before the show. I actually really like the film. I think it's a really great example of not just superhero cinema. It's a beautiful-looking film. I, mean, I look love at this it. Thing. Yeah. You know? I, I, was, I was saying to Richard, this was a, one of those examples where you get talked out of something. I remember when I saw Watchmen for the first time, I was blown away by it. And I just thought, this is, this is an amazing adaptation of this film. Yes, they changed the ending. There's reasons they changed the ending. And they know, changed it nicely? They didn't nicely. They made, a, 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 they made a, a, a... Had you used the original ending of the book... Uh, in the film, it would have looked stupid. So they actually gave it a, a, a better grounding. All these things. We actually did it on Geek Actually as a review. We realized there was too much to talk about. We actually reconvened for a special because we wanted to talk about it. So there's mm. actually a Watchmen special on it on the film. And then over the years, what's happened is people have gone, oh, you know, it's not that great a film. Oh, Zack Snyder. Oh, this, oh, that. And you start to go, oh, yeah, but, you know, it had flaws. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, mm. it, yeah, it had flaws. I kind of enjoyed it, but it had flaws. Rewatching it again, mm. I immediately went, no, 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 no. This is actually a great film. It and, is magnificent. And, and it really needs to be looked at. If absolutely nothing else, it has the greatest opening sequence of just about oh, any film yeah. ever. Yes. Mm. And, the opening uh, titles smashing. are phenomenal. And again, <laughs> and again, when I was teaching, I, I used to show, to show those opening credits to everyone mm. to talk about science fiction and how you establish you're in yeah. a different world. And the, the second the hippie puts the flower in the gun and they yeah. open fire on the hippies. Yes. You know, well, it's that not first your world. shot, which is um, the guy being held in the grip and his machine gun going off in slow motion. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, it's like, it's, this is just it's and art. The, you the know? comedian on the grassy knoll. Yes. <laughs> Everyone, look, everyone's down on, on Snacky at the moment um, and, and talking, how, talking negatively about Batman versus Superman. But then again, Kevin Smith was just blown away completely by the trailer that, that was at SDCC mm. and I'm with him. You know, to be fair, Kevin Smith is often blown away by everything. Though, yeah. so. <laughs> um, it's a movie. But I, wow. I actually think, looking at this, what Zack Snyder does really well is serious work. And have no sense of humour. And, and have no sense of humour. Yeah. He doesn't do anything light and, and that's probably why Man of Steel wasn't as impressive as it should mm. have been. Exactly, and I agree with you. I think with Batman v Superman... Dawn of Justice. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think he's going to nail the Batman side of things. The problem is we've already established that he doesn't know how to do Superman. Uh, I just want to check this because we're an hour into this thing. How's everyone doing? Are we holding up? Because don't worry, there will be prizes and there will be cake. The cake is not a lie. We will be giving you cake there and cupcakes. Cake. So just, just hang in there. Bear I, with I, us. I beseech you. 
All right, sorry, go on, Jamie. I interrupted you. I'm pretty sure some of them Again. came just for the cupcakes. I yeah, think pretty so. much. They're damn fine cupcakes. There's a gentleman in the audience that looks like he might need a sugar mm. hit right okay. now. <laughs> and we, should, we, should, we, should, we should give a shout-out to my podcast, Pillow Fort co-host, Amy, who's also official photographer, Yay. who very kindly made the cake. So give a round of applause for Amy. Oh! Did you say she takes the cake? <laughs> but yeah, Zack Snyder, look, I'm, I, I have great faith in him based on this film. This film is excellent. Yeah. yeah. problem I have with Zack Snyder is that he is a director who really is of two extremes. Because when you look at 300, you look at Watchmen, you look at the remake of Dawn of the Dead, you go, this is a guy who knows how to put together a film. Then you look at Sucker Punch and Man of Steel. And you sit there and go, no, <laughs> no <I> oh dear. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, mm. we have to, we have, we have to kind of have faith in him at I this point. I want to see Watchmen, the ultimate cut with bits of Sucker Punch just edited in. Just the four fantasy just sequences. Just four fantasy sequences yeah. yeah. edited in. Every time, no, every time you open the Black Friday comic, you get Sucker Punch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit that together. I would pay the hell out of that film. I, know, I think, I love Zack Snyder though as a director. I think he's an amazing director. Mm. Actually, I like he. He's he, just a he's, terrible writer. He, he's not. He's he doesn't <laughs> yeah. have a strong suit in writing. But I mean, he directs the crap out of everything he makes, though. <laughs> no, it's true though that he has. I just a, love like, the expression. Zack Snyder hours. directs the crap out of everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, like Man of Steel. Man, there is no crap Man, in this film. He's directed it out. Like seriously, like Man of Steel is an amazingly directed movie. Yeah. It's an amazing looking I film. Look, absolutely. Like, That's what a director the does. The like, could have done much worse. I didn't mind my Man of Steel that much. Yeah. I've actually seen Man of Steel a couple times since. Mm. I the hate has subsided. I still don't think it's a particularly good film, purely because I don't think it's a good Superman film. True. Mm. You know, it's a good action film. It's just not a good Superman. Exactly. Film. Yeah. And look, you could have gotten Michael Bay's Superman. You know. Oh, <laughs> imagine if we had Wash Michael Bay's your mouth out, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> Superman will walk in slow Put motion towards the camera while explosions go. You know, like, you know like, how he's got that new power in the comic to explode things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, That'd be the whole movie. <laughs> Making a movie on this size is a huge thing for yeah. an individual to, to do. Like it's like two hundred people work on these things. Mm. So like that it got this close to being good is amazing. You like, also have to tell yourself it is the most expensive art house film in history. Ever done. It, like, it is uh, I mean it is a beautiful, gorgeous film. Um, and we the, know it's art house because it has giant blue wings, right? Exactly. <laughs> but it's like, like this is this is a really good example of like Zack Snyder and, and the script area, right? Because yeah. like he he just takes this as the script. Yeah. yeah, and the and the storyboard, which is what he did in three hundred. You know, yeah. like he actually yep. said he used three hundred as his storyboards. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Zack Snyder is the perfect director for Frank Miller. I Ooh. agree. That's actually a very good call. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. I think if you gave him, I want to see Zack Snyder's Holy Terror. I want to see Zack Snyder's Holy Terror. If you gave him Dark Knight Returns, you're telling me he wouldn't get something that looked amazing. <laughs> let's let's throw this out too because the film is probably actually seen by more than the comic book was read by. Who liked? the film Watchmen. Yeah? yeah. Follow that. Yeah. It's an audio show. Who didn't like it? Oh, there you go. There you go. Zack right. Snyder like universally it. loved. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought it was mediocre? No. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. All right. Okay. Here he holds. So, but let's look at it in the context that we're here for. Um, how is the movie Watchmen as an expression of the original Watchmen? Mm. Mm. For me, I think... There's less paper involved, I found. <laughs> like, I'm going to be pretty like, diplomatic to that. Like, I, I think that it's the best Watchmen movie we could have gotten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I but, agree. Yeah. But I don't know if it's the closest 
to the comic. I don't think be. we'll ever get a watch. But I mean, there's, though, there's, the there's things about you it can't that are very. Do that. It's, you it's, cannot do that. It's hard to really grab. Sorry, Jamie. I, 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 I want to hear what you think too. But like, like um, the costuming of Watchmen, mm. like that it's all handmade and self-made, and like the movie is not. You know, the movie is like, where the hell do they make these costumes? But the mm. fact that these vigilantes made their own costumes is a big part of. Watchmen, the feel of it, and that's gone in the but movie. What but I it's like, it's, it's but what not I that do big like a though, thing. Like, what I do know, like it's, it's like complaining about a two-minute scene. Yeah, I don't know, what man, I do like Dr. Manhattan actually <laughs> made his own costume on screen. <laughs> <laughs> what true. I do like, though, Dave, is I like that the Minutemen, when you actually see the flashbacks, they look like they're in handmade costumes. Mm. They do. It's only the modern... Yeah. Heroes that look like they've got modern costumes. So but the thing there's is, actually a, a fit there. But that's 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 the heart of Watchmen, though. There's yeah. the, that it's about people that do this as a choice. Yeah, you I know, th- like I actually think that it's probably the most comic book accurate movie that's ever been made. Um, they've changed things in the plot. They've changed the ending. But there are literally panel for panel. I don't think there's a movie that is more exact to its source. Except for 300, 300, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Same director. 300, 300 is really. No, I think right. the I thing think is like the thing is like Zack Snyder knew going into this how gargantuan a task yeah. it was, and he, it's it's like J.J. Abrams with Star Wars. What I hope, you know, it's like you're walking into something and you know it has to be good. You know mm. it has to be these things, and I think Zack Snyder got. And you have to have a thick enough skin. That you can take the flak when you yeah. do change something. Yeah, yeah. and, and Zack Snyder mm. has got skin of armor. Let's it's face just it. a real shame that Alan Moore took his name off it. Yes, it's as far as the film's concerned, the Watchman was written and created by Dave Gibbons. Um, Interesting. But, uh, interestingly, the yeah. year this came out, I actually sat down and had a chat with Dave Gibbons because he was out ah. here at a con, and I, I asked him, you know, what do you think about the film? Yeah, he's like. Look, I've seen advanced stuff and it looks really good, and when it came out, it looked really good. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, apparently, he'd be pleased because it captured a lot of his visual aesthetic. Absolutely. I like yeah. the fact that apparently it's based on a graphic novel drawn by Dave Gibbons. Nobody wrote it. There was no words. It's like what Alan Moore did with the Miracle Man stuff. Like it, when they released it, he, he had them write on the cover by the original author. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, if you've never read Watchmen, it's an amazing film. It's like an Absolutely. Yeah. amazing movie. Yeah. It yeah. will make you want to read Watchmen too. I think yeah. so. Look, yeah. you have to treat them separately. Uh, uh, you know, even though one wouldn't exist without the other, but uh, I think they're both amazing uh, I- examples of their mediums. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Um, we are going to move on because we've been doing this for a while now. We have. It's time for ready. It's John D's geek-related challenge or something. Now, John D sadly couldn't be here with us today. Um, he has left us a rather long message, uh, which I'm going to play now. It's interactive. There's several points where he wants me to interject, and, and, I, and, and I, I may do that. <laughs> I, I may choose not to. Um, somebody's got a copy of my notes uh, somewhere in there. No, oh, there you go. I've got mine here. Here we go. I got it. Let's go. John, what did you have to say? Hey, guys. JD here for the very last John D's Geek-Related Challenge or something. But before I get to the challenge, I just want to talk very quickly about what the actual show has meant to me over the last two years. I started listening with issue 58, I believe it was. If only I had a connected series of computers where I could look things up. Um, which was the Arrow Season 1 wrap-up, just before Supernova two years ago. And without going into any of the boring details, I was playing dress-ups as Green Arrow, and suddenly two years later, I'm on a show on the network. Funny how things happen, so... We'll get to the actual challenge, I guess. There's probably a lot more I could and should say. Um, I've listened to the show literally every week since then. 
and as we know, because I was name dropped for most of that time. It's true. Um, so, hello to the guys on the show. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello John. Hi. Jamie. Hi, John. And hello to all of you that have come to listen, and all of you up the back of the shop who don't really care what's <laughs> going on in front. That would all be right. you. That's you, Ricky. On to John D's Geek Related Challenge or hey. something. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out exactly what I was going to say or get you guys to do for the challenge this week. Um, and I thought, as the final issue of Volume 1 of Panels, my challenge for this final challenge, stop saying challenge, is what is your top five comic stories of all time? Ooh. Now, mine are going to be fairly stock standard, but I'm, we're going to... Okay, preface, you're going to leave off things like Killing Joe, Dark Knight Returns, all those stuff that's a given that everybody always feels obligated to include. Okay. In no particular order, for me, looking at No Man's Land, the big Batman crossover from many eons ago, because, you know, it was amazing and was my first Batman crossover event that I came across and all of those sorts of fun things. Second one, Hush, also a Batman story, funnily enough. Um, if you haven't read it, go and read it. I don't know if the guys have done it on the show. No, I would make them do it as my personal pick that I crowbar in the year, but I don't get a personal pick because I'm not on the show, and the show's You're not going to be on anymore. So, moving right along. Next up He's is rambling. an actual Marvel pick, which is Guardian Devil. The Daredevil story by Kevin Smith, that. which it's was like he's done reading on his issue will. <laughs> something a little while in the show. Richard, help me out with that. Uh, 116, John. Thank you. I'm going to assume that you did, because, you know, technology's fun. <laughs> and then we move on to Old Man Logan, which is an odd pick for me, because I'm not into Wolverine, and I'm not really a Marvel guy. But it was just awesome, and I, I couldn't let my top five go without mentioning Quiver. Uh, the Green Arrow story, which was done... We've done that too. We have. Time. Late last year on the show, you guys did that as a pick. Richard, what number was that? That was 80, John. Excellent. <laughs> God, I hope you filled in those blanks for me. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a bit of a dick. Okay, um, so yeah, that's my challenge to the four of you. Um, I'm assuming Jamie's on the show. Hello, Jamie. Hi, John. So, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Um, I probably could have and should have put more thought into it and gone with other things, but those are my first thoughts. And those are my you first... finished it, John? Ones, I'm going to go with them. I've probably got some honourable mentions, things like Marvels and every issue of Saga. I'm sorry, John, I'm uh, cutting you off there. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I will play uh, uh, that later at date, but uh, we want, we're keen to get into this thing. John, we are, we yeah. are. So uh, you, we got three and a half minutes of your four and a half minute uh, introduction. There. <laughs> Thank you, John. John has been a huge part of the show, whether he's been in the studio or not. So we couldn't go without giving him a big mention. This. So the challenge for those of you who couldn't hear it was the five, your five greatest or your five favorite comic book stories of all time. Now that's not favorite comic <clears throat> books. Favorite comic book stories. stories. So uh, who wants to start? Do you? Let's start. Let's go around. So we this maybe way. just go five around. Let's just do all five in one shot. All five in one. Let's do five okay. one. Sure. Yeah. Let's start with you. Well, I cut mine down to a list of 15. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, look, it was interesting trying to decide where to draw the line about what's too big. Uh, so mm. I, left out, I left out Sandman and Kingdom Come and Marvels, which would all automatically make the yes. list. Uh, what I came down to was uh, DC 1 million, Grant Morrison's um, essentially writing the far future of the, the DC universe. Available here today at Good Games Festival. It is. It's amazing. I'm a big Martian Manhunter fan and he plays a big part. That's all I'm saying. So there's no spoilers. 
Uh, Grant Morrison also featured at number two with JLA Prometheus Unbound, uh, which was a two-issue story in uh, his JLA run where one guy takes down the entire Justice League and is foiled because he didn't <coughs> plan on Plastic Man being there. Uh, it is fantastic. Uh, next is Neil Gaiman's Marvel 1602, uh, mm. which reimagines the Marvel Universe as having happened in Shakespeare's Elizabethan England. Hmm. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just start to finish amazing. DC New Frontier, uh, Darwin Cook uh, made the list, and that's also just stellar Martian Manhunter work. Uh, and last one, Fantastic Four Hereafter. Uh, Mark Wade arc where the, fanta- the thing dies and the Fantastic Four go to heaven to get him back. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, we'll do, we'll do honourable mentions later. Dave, what oh, are we're your... doing honourable mentions at the end? Yeah, we'll do more yeah, at okay, the end. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I got a couple Grant Morrison because Grant Morrison is my favourite writer. Like, Mine too. It's comics. never come up on the <laughs> yeah, show, though. Never. <laughs> um, but in terms of arcs, I've chosen Time in the Batman, this ah. where Batman's all, uh, all throughout time. Amazing arc. And um, X-Men, because uh, Grant Morrison did this new X-Men and we never got a chance to do it on the show. No, but yes. it's an, uh, one of the best Volume runs <laughs> of the X-Men that you could possibly imagine. And I've chosen the riot at Xavier's, which is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. The, the students uprise and they riot at the Xavier Mansion. It's amazing. Um, I put in Tintin just because I, I felt like Tintin was so important to me in comic books. Yeah. And, um, so I put Flight 714, which That's was good. also known yeah. as Flight mm-hmm. 714 to Sydney. But I just personally love that, that issue. Uh, and then, as you guys know, Civil War Frontline. Oh, which yeah. I think is, is the peak of Marvel Great Comics. Book. Best, um, yeah, one of the best in Civil War. Uh, just Frontline alone is just stunning. Yeah. Uh, and then Transmetropolitan, just because oh, it's course. the greatest ever. But like in terms of run-ups, like, man, 15 <laughs> other books. I yeah. even put Fight Club 2 on there, even though it's only... It's <laughs> even started. We'll, just, we'll, we'll just run through the names of all our honourable mentions at the end. Yeah? At the yeah. end? Yeah. yeah, okay. We'll just start shouting you out some titles. I'll, I'll do my last. Okay, you do yours last. All right, so I actually got a little bit granular on this, and I actually thought... I'm, you have to forgive me because I haven't compiled all the names of the writers, authors, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But just to look at the stories themselves, back in 1985, um, I had to go look it up because I couldn't remember which book it came from. At the Hello. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, Was Spider-Man the actually had three books running. yet: Web of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. I actually narrowed this down and found out it was actually from Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, it's actually a four-issue arc called The Death of Gene DeWolf. And it was actually... Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Peter David, it's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing arc. And basically, it's... Where the detective, uh, Jean DeWolf, who basically is one of the only people who actually does like Spider-Man at the time, gets brutally shot in her, in her bedroom. And As opposed to peacefully shot yeah. in her bedroom. And it's all about Spider-Man trying to figure out and solve and basically cool. uh, solve that crime. Uh, I also have to say, because I can't have one of these without Power Girl, but it's actually <laughs> not Amanda Connor's Power Girl, funnily enough. It's actually one issue. It's the last issue of that run. Uh, there's actually one issue where Power Girl has to uh, race against time to yeah. actually achieve an entire sequence of events. Basically, the guy's saying it's impossible to do this, and of course she does, and it's never underestimated Kryptonian. It's brilliant. Um, Powers, I'm going to say Who Killed Retro Girl. We've done it on the nice. show, yeah. which is just a, a great introduction to Powers. Powers goes on forever. Um, now, Straczynski, J. Michael Straczynski, my last two. First of all, uh, The Trials of Wonder Woman, the run where he changed the costume and the entire um, world of Wonder Woman for 12 issues. She got pants, didn't she? She got pants, yeah. and it's an amazing run. And the, the comic book that basically got me back into comic books, which was Asgard Comes to Broxton. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, 12, 13 issues he wrote. That's of Thor. Of Thor. Yes. Have Just as a quick side note, have you read Jeff Johns' JSA? No. You really should. That's where Power Girl became 
a modern character, essentially. Oh no, I read the four issues that are that are her issues. Oh no, no that's that's a miniseries, but yeah. the ongoing series he wrote for about sixty issues. And Power Girl was the, one of the main characters. I'm it's there. Really good. <laughs> Alrighty, if I can read my own handwriting, um, I've uh, got a couple of my, my top five in no particular order. There was the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Abnett and Ran- Landing Run. All of it. Yeah, love all it. of it. All tw- it's a 26 issue run, in and out. It's it's basically inspired the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. If you if you loved the movie, you will adore the book because all the humor comes from it. All the crazy characters. There's also a four-issue miniseries that went just before it in Annihilation uh, called Star-Lord Annihilation, which yes. is just wonderful. Read that all together. It's fantastic. Uh, Black Sad or Black Sad. Oh, we ever which one? It. The first one, Somewhere Within the Shadows, I think is still, to me, a perfect example of noir. It's basically a, a sort of noirish criminal 1940s story, but everyone's an animal. It's done by um, a former Disney artist. And it's it's amazing. It's really like you think, but it's 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 kind of it's sexy. It's it's it's, great it's adults only. It's a really really amazing book. Got me into kind of a whole different world of European comics. Pedro and me. Oh yes. Which I always mention. We did that way back in episode thirty nine. Um, just meant the world to me. I mean, it was just a really 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 yeah. beautiful book, and and it still affected me. Now, All Style Superman is an obvious one by Grant Morrison. It's twelve issues. Is that about right? Obvious book maybe to choose, but I'm not a huge Superman fan, and I still maintain that this is one of the greatest books ever written. Absolutely, as a Superman fan. If if people say to me, I know it's got a lot of like layered stuff in there, but if you want a place to start or a place to finish reading Superman, it'll do both for you. And it is very much. This is comics. 101. It absolutely is. <laughs> As is, and no surprises whatsoever that my number one book, or the last one I want to mention, is a Green Arrow book. It no is the long- way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it is The Longbow Hunters, which I'm currently rereading for about the seven millionth time, slight exaggeration. It's a three-issue miniseries from 87. It's great. It is like the place Stunning to start stuff. reading Green Arrow if you want to read Green Arrow. Uh, runners up, people. Um, the Immortal we just Iron start Fist. Shouting them out. Oh, this yeah. is the Matt the, Fraction run. Matt Fraction, The Immortal Iron Fist. Global Frequency, Warren, Warren Ellis. Yeah. Uh, Queen and Country, which is Greg Rucker. Uh, Danger Girl. Uh, Next Danger. Wave. Danger. <laughs> Next Wave Agents of Hate, which is just hilarious. And if you ever want to see people stuffed into Fin Fang Foom's pants, that's the way to go. Uh, <laughs> Peter David's initial run on Young Justice. Uh, Peter David again, the single issue examinations of X Factor where they all go to a psychiatrist uh, is a, just stunning and the best Quicksilver story ever written. Uh, Green Lantern, Baptism of Fire. I was thinking about John D when I put that on there. That's where Kyle Rayner goes around to other heroes learning how to be a hero. Huh. Uh, All-Star Superman was on my, my runners-up. Superman Peace on Earth, um, which is the oversized Christmas story, is amazing. Mm. And uh, Ostrander and Mandrake's Martian Manhunter run is also just quintessential reading for the best character in comics. Fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, i got heaps, so I'll just yeah. try and do it quickly. Um, the just sculptor, rattle them off. The, just rattle them off. The Sculptor by Scott McCloud. Anything by Scott McCloud. Yeah. Uh, Punisher Max, Preacher, Why the Last Man, Fables, Fables Scalp. Yeah. You know, we can go on forever anyway. Yeah. Blackest All Night. of those that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw Blackest an Alias, which was there. like the second yeah. book that we ever did. I'm, I'm going to say uh, Alias tops the list. Black I, alias, alias would have been on this list for me until he made the caveat that we weren't allowed to pick the Yeah, the whole runs. thing. Uh, Seconds was a great uh, uh, graphic yes. novel that yeah. came out last year. Um, what else? 
Uh, Underwater Welder, which is a Jeff Lemire book. Yeah, Great yeah. book about depression if you ever want to read it. But no relation to Dog Welder. No. <laughs> <laughs> Section 8 and Hitman. Yeah, definitely on that We also list, mentioned you know. uh, Greg Rucker's run on Punisher recently. Uh, Mark Wade's run on Daredevil recently. Definitely. Matt Fraction's run on Hawkeye <laughs> recently. Oh, Garth Ennis's sort of yeah. first Marvel Knights Punisher. That was amazing too. Welcome Back Frank is yeah. another one that we yeah. should mention as well. These are all amazing books. So. Yeah. Basically so. anything that we've done on the show. <laughs> and With a bunch the exception of, things that of that Christmas book. That which we couldn't finish. Which we couldn't <laughs> oh, Jonathan Hickman's Shield and Spider Island. Oh. <laughs> Spider Island. Clearly. You had yeah. to bring up Spider Island. The Wake. Yeah, that's the last chance. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got a bit of feedback on the Wake episode, didn't we? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Speaking of Scott other? Snyder, though, I was, the Batman run, though, the death of the family in particular should be on these arcs, you know, like mm. it's worth reading, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Mm. Now I think it's time we're gonna we're gonna Court of Owls. Anything else you want to mention? No, nope, I'm good. Okay. So we're gonna move into Quiz Corner, which is always hosted by Good Games Hurstville. Always hosted hey. by Good Games Hurstville, which and our Lord and Dungeon Master, Jamie Lawrence. And I'm gonna kick off a theme. This is just for you, Alex, wherever you've gone. There you are. Hello. So here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Quiz Corner. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time I've not had to ask the questions. This is fun. (laughs) All right. Well, I've got five questions for you guys today. And uh, thankfully, I didn't have to draw on just the Marvel trivia game. (laughs) So uh, I've gone abroad. We're going to start with with an easy one. Everyone got their buzzers ready? Can I hear everyone's buzzers? (laughs) Star Wars! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Name the, historically speaking founding members of the Justice League? <laughs> um, it would be... Uh, That's the sound he makes, by the way, when he sees so, the Wang. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see. It was Green Lantern. Correct. Um, it was... Superman. False. False. Uh, Batman? No. No, 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 no you're right. So green light. You're out. Would anyone else... Okay, sorry. <laughs> Would anyone else like to jump in? Yes, Wonder David. <laughs> yes, David. We have, green, we have Green Lantern. We have Wonder Woman. Who there else? Uh, I thought Superman was, actually, funnily enough. Um, no, probably not. Uh, the Atom? No. If, you, if it helps, they were fighting Starro, and you might have remembered the cover that had them I'm all. I'm trying to remember that cover. What was that? Martian, Martian Manhunter Man was indeed. Martian Manhunter. You can't win and stuff, but if anybody knows the answers, by the way. He was, actually, he was the one audience. of the founding members and the finest member. Hey, Jamie, aren't we giving away prizes? We should probably be asking these guys questions. That's not a bad idea. Does anyone know the other two? Ooh. If you do, come Green on Green Lantern, up. Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter. The Flash. The Flash is one of them. Uh, and win it. Is there another one? Anyone, does he anyone, swim? Anyone? One more. He does swim. Aquaman. Correct. Okay, okay so nobody wins that. <laughs> Apparently okay. a conglomerate of people win that. <laughs> okay, so who... Uh, for the prizes we have got to give away, uh, we're giving away this, aren't we? Yeah. So we're giving away a packet of the Before Watchmen Minutemen one, which is the one we said we didn't like. <laughs> That's why we're giving it away. And, uh, <laughs> we've also got um, a, a, a tiny... <laughs> Dr. Blue Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> Who sadly away. is not showing his way. He is And uh, we do have some cosplay prizes. So I think I see one bit of cosplay here. Two, so two, you might. Two. Oh, you, what, what, what? 
I, I thought this was Hitman. Patrick, what is... <laughs> three, three... And oh, I can't see it from and here. And Matt did have a sticker on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cosplaying as a podcast. Does that count? Or is that... I, I came as that. Are you spoiling me? You? I'm not cosplaying. Yeah. I'm masquerading. But who wore it better, David? <laughs> you're, you're coming as an owner of a game shop, right? <laughs> I painted my wang blue. <laughs> <laughs> no, David, it started out that color. Whip it out. Whip it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so... Question two, I'm gonna. I guess we'll throw it from the audience then. Anyone right. can answer this can uh, can win a prize. If you think you can answer it, put your hand up and you can give it to Mike. All right. So question two, can you name three of the Great Lakes Avengers? Oh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> we can take that in Chicago. a pinch. <laughs> Anybody? 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 No. All right. Look, these we'll, we'll skip hard, on to. <laughs> these are these are not no, that can hard. Can we answer that? I know one of them would be Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl is. Yes. yes. Um, one of them would be... Wow, the fact that you know Squirrel Girl is a Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, was, was, oh, um, Hawkeye? Has, yes, Hawkeye is as well. And there's um, one more, and he has a movie coming out next year. Oh, not Deadpool. Yes, Deadpool. Oh, well done. Really? Well, there you go. Yes, but traditionally we're thinking about guys like Flatman, uh, <laughs> Big Bertha, um, <laughs> They're, uh, <laughs> yeah, who, the Giants. <laughs> Correct. All right. Question three is exclusively for the panels, boys. Oh, okay. Uh, right. And it requires first that we play the feedback that I left you on Skype. Oh, uh, you mean this one? This one. Mark Spector. It's Mark Spector. No. No, no come on. Mark Spector. You guys know Mark Spector. Mark freaking Spector. Oh, my God. We- Do you even read comics? Mark Spector. This goes on, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe they'll get better if I sacrifice a few extra goats to one. I don't know. <laughs> right, so we, we clearly got the name of uh, Moon Knight's alter ego wrong at some point, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, it was one of the trivia questions. It a couple was, weeks. and none of us could answer it. <laughs> all right, Mark so... Vector, apparently. <laughs> uh, bearing all that in mind, and uh, knowing that there's an article on your website about Moon Knight... Yeah, but you wrote it. I did. Yes, <laughs> I did. Now you're um, assuming I read this article. <laughs> I may be making assumptions. In... But question three: Who is the arch nemesis of Bushwhacker? <laughs> A giant blue wing. <laughs> giant sized man thing. Um, that's my final answer. Dave, would you like to try and save the team? Is that man pun? <laughs> All right, let's throw throw it open to the audience. Does anyone know the arch nemesis of Bushwhacker? I know that there is someone in there who does. <laughs> Does anybody read? Come Moon on, you're Knight. my plant. Come Does on, anybody yeah, know who looks like you got an answer. I, I need the plant for this. Is it Mark Spector? It is Mark Spector. Well done. Wow. Sir, you win a doctor. Wow, we really <laughs> suck, you know. <laughs> we're a yeah, comic book show. This is why we're ending. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Question four, and this one's for Richard initially. Oh, okay. Which of these is not originally a Green Arrow villain? Okay. A. Onomatopoeia B. China White C. Deathstroke <laughs> or D. Clock King uh, Deathstroke Deathstroke, yeah It is indeed Deathstroke, well I'm done I'm not aware of Green Arrow, uh, like the rogues gallery of it But is it's China White small. an actual villain or is that just the heroine that uh, that um, <laughs> Speedy was taking? There is <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously I wore a John like, White He was a villain it wasn't, Oh, okay, because yeah. I thought like that was like, who's a villain? China and White, you, huh? And, <laughs> you know, like, and if you had been watching the Green Arrow, the Arrow series, she's in it too Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. see, I don't watch the, the, the <laughs> All these questions came from our Superhero Trivia Night we ran a few weeks ago ah. too uh, and, and people got them so, Maybe, well, maybe we should have come Yeah. <laughs> the next one's for the audience yeah. last, last question, this is for the audience And it's, uh, it's going a bit further afield to film, superhero film 
Who killed Gazer Beam? Who killed who? Gazer Beam. Gazer Beam. It's in, it's oh, wait. My... Have you got one? Come on yeah. to the mic. <laughs> Mario Todd, everybody. It was uh, Syndrome by one of his big robots. It was indeed from The Incredibles. Well done, <laughs> sir. Hey. There well you done. go. Great. Woo! And that takes that us to the wonderful. conclusion of another successful quiz corner. With still three minutes of the Jeopardy theme left to run. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, Alec, there's a 10-hour version of it online somewhere, so go, go look it up when you've I, got a spare day. I did feel like saying Mark Spectre for 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a remix of that. It'll be like the opening scene of Kimmy Schmidt. It'll, it'll be you. Mark Spectre. Get live, damn it. <laughs> they should do that with a Moon Knight TV show. It'd be great. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> this is starting to feel like the end of a show, people. It is. We're, we're winding up. Um, we so, did we give away Dr. Manhattan? Where do you go? Did we give, what did we give away? We did. We've given away oh, everything. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, look, at this point, I want to give a shout out to a bunch of people, mostly the guests that we've had on the show at various points. Um, during Volume 1, we've had people not including but not limited to. Chris Claremont, the great X-Men writer, the wonderful Kelly Sudaconic, Nicola Scott, been a multiple times. She's the true champion of the show. She's been on about three or four times. Tom Taylor, Jeff Lemire, my hero Mike Grell, the awesome Paul Bedford. How you going, Paul? He's got the list two coming out next year, I think, so look out for that. Laramie Taylor's been on a couple of times. Ryan K. Lindsay practically lives on the show. Mary Amber's right over there. Uh, Freddie E. Williams the second. Wolfgang Bilsman, uh, my friend Nima Afshar, Christian Reed. Alex Saviak, Andrew Constant, Justin Randall, Patrick and Carl Purcell, Louis Joyce, Tristan T. Rex Jones, JP Kalonji, and Phil Jimenez. Plus, all of you. Oh, and Nicholas as well, of course, uh, who has been on multiple times. Uh, you were on mostly Spider-Man shows, but I think we let you talk about Spider-Man. Uh, he is the Spider-Verse expert, so if anybody has any... If you had Spider-Man trivia questions, the front row just would have taken it out. Yeah. <laughs> completely. <laughs> there. Uh, all, all you guys who have turned up to live shows, have downloaded, followed, liked us, shared us, ignored us, whatever over the years, or just turned up for the cake. The cake is coming. Um, not least of which... Uh, you keep promising this cake. Oh, know. it's coming, baby. Uh, not least of which... Those of you who, who, who turned up and became our friends and have stayed on and become part of the network. So thank you, guys. Thank you to the good people at Oz Comic Con, of course, uh, who we did a couple of live shows out there, and the people at Blue Planet PR who just give us access to everything, really. Massively supportive of us, uh, of course. Massive shout-out to our good friend and sponsor, Jamie Lawrence and Yay! Dungeon Master. Big round of and Good Games Hurstville, of course, of which you are all in at the moment. Except those of you who are at home, unless you are listening to this here, which would be weird. That would be. That would be weird. Um, uh, the rest of it. And also, thank you you guys for being the best damn co-pilots for, well, you for 150 episodes. Absolutely. And you for about 100. Thanks for I stringing think. me along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now Richard, I'm, I'm just going to cut you off here. You're going to cut me off. I'm just going to cut you off here. I'll let you finish. <laughs> uh, Beyonce should have been on the show. I... Uh, I brought presents on behalf of all the listeners. Am I uh, going to cry? So we have here a San Diego Comic Con exclusive <gasps> Arrow Pop for, oh, uh, for Richard. Thank you. Oh, That's obviously that. for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we have thank you. Um, a lovely Kalbard illustrated The Shadow Out of Time for Dave. Oh, thank one you, of, man. It's oh, a, wow. one of Lovecraft's best stories. Thank you. And we have the collected trade of Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for Dave. <laughs> Guys, oh, can we can we do a we'll so say much. we'll sing Big Trouble and the audience can do Little China? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big Trouble! Little China. 
That was awesome. Guys, look, <laughs> on behalf of all the listeners, uh, thank you so much for the show. It, uh, I know it's not finished, finished, but it has been an amazing first volume. And uh, I'm, as you've heard from the feedback, it's kept people reading comics, which is fantastic. And I can just throw out there very, very quickly as well. <laughs> I'm just going to catch up. <laughs> and, uh, just to continue on with this, as, as the basically the producer of the show... Um, we're not over. We're not going anywhere. Geek actually is still going. Podcast Pillow Fort is still going. Uh, Nerd Corner is still going. This is show is just taking a minor rest. Oh, yeah. We have a few things to do. There are specials coming. We've actually got planned at least one show a month. Yeah. So there will stuff so be coming out still. The next one will be at Oz Comic Con Sydney on the 26th of September. Correct. That's the Saturday. Uh, our special guest will be the aforementioned Ryan K. Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And we will be doing an Electra book. So if any of you out there want to turn up uh, cosplaying as a lecturer, that would be awesome. We could get you that up on stage. Awesome. You can just be in the audience. Photo opportunities. No, I, I won't cosplay Jamie as a lecturer. Jamie should be it cosplaying was just as a lecturer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will give you good money. <laughs> and some of, Who wants to see uh, Jamie dressed as a lecturer? <laughs> And some of these... I'm running, uh, a, I'm running a booth that day, so... <laughs> <laughs> some of these monthly specials that will be coming will be actually here as well live. So uh, just be aware, we're not going anywhere. We're just, we're just taking a break. <laughs> we're on a break. We're on a break. And so after that, we might be... Do- There's another show we might do after that, but we'll definitely be doing yeah, a bunch here. There'll be a Halloween show. There'll be something in November. And we'll definitely be doing our end-of-year show, sort of wrapping things up as well. So, and there's movies we need to cover oh, and can all we, sorts of things. Can we do Peace on Earth? We could try and slip I, that into our end of year award show. I will, I will lend it Sorry, all to you. you. It's a short book. We're, we're going to go peace on earth. <laughs> <laughs> our that, that's show. the project we've been working <laughs> yeah. on. While we can't do it, it's taking up a fair bit of our time. So we're trying to aim for the moon, that. David. <laughs> <laughs> so look, uh, this is the end of episode 150 of Behind the Panels. It has been a magnificent run. You guys are awesome. Uh, go to behindthepanels.net. We'll still be updating that. Go to geekactually.com for all the other things you can find all of our links there uh, I guess for the last time for volume one I'm Richard Gray I'm David McVeigh I'm Dave Longo and I am Jamie Lawrence and this has been will be and always shall be Behind the Panels Behind the Panels is a production of geekactually.com Come gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll get drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone Or the time